see you guys again. Well, I want to talk to you about uh, how to ungrinch your Christmas. You know, one of the greatest things that we see happening during this holiday season, year after year, is that people are some of the most saddest people uh, during this time than any other time. And I, I can understand, you know, there's some things that go on in life because life happens, right? And, uh, but you know, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And uh, Luke's gospel says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. It says, now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the, in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you, get this, good tidings of great joy. Good news of great joy. That's what Jesus came to do, right? Which will be only to a select few. Is that what it says? No, it says to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, David a Savior. Say Savior. Savior. See, he came to save us. Came to save us from a lot of stuff in life. Most, most importantly, he saved us from spiritual death. Yes. But he did save us from poverty. He saved us from sickness, disease. He saved us from depression, discouragement. He saved us from, from all kinds of things in life. And we need to understand that he is our savior, right? And it goes on to say, who is Christ the Lord? And this will be the sign to you that, he, that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. As I got to thinking about today's message, I thought about the Grinch. And if you've ever watched the Grinch, it's a great, especially their last one, a great animated movie and and I thought about the Grinch, and I thought, man, you know what? Uh, he is out to destroy Christmas. And then I thought a little further that, you know, the Grinch really represents the devil. That the devil's here to kill, steal, and destroy anything and everything that has to do with God. See, Jesus came that we might have a joyous life, a fulfilled life, a life that is uh, satisfying. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he wants us to not only have a satisfied, satisfied life now at any age, but he wants us to, to live a long and satisfied life. One to the very end, he wants it to be satisfied. But again, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, the only thing that's different between the devil and the Grinch 
is that the Grinch has a heart change. He has a, he has a, a, a change of heart and it, and it transforms his life. Well, the devil, that's not going to happen. And so we just understand that. But I want to take you to Psalm 61, and this is really where uh, I believe that the Lord is leading us to this morning. And it says, hear my cry, verse 1, 2, and 3. Hear my cry, O Lord. Listen to my prayer. For the end of the earth, for the end of the earth, I call to you. When my heart is overwhelmed and weak, lead me to the rock that is higher than I a rock that is too high to reach without your help. For you have been a shelter and a refuge for me, a strong tower against the enemy. And again, who is our enemy? The enemy is the devil. And he is the Grinch. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Now notice here, it says, my heart is overwhelmed and weak. You know, when you're overwhelmed in life, you become weak in that you feel like you're, you have no ability, you're, you have no strength to change what's going on in your life. And I thought about this. I thought, man, there's so many people, because I counsel people, talk with people all the time, and, and, and they feel hopeless. And, uh, and as a result, they, they just go through life existing rather than enjoying. Jesus came that we might have a joyous life, not just an existing life. Anybody can exist, but, you know, it takes us tapping into having that joyous life that Jesus came that we might enjoy. And I know I'm going to be speaking to people here and those that are online because, you know, you're just going through the motions, but inside you just feel empty. You feel dead. You feel like, ah, you know, there's got to be more. And I'm going to tell you there is more. He came to give us a fulfilled life. And if, you, if that's speaking to you, I want you to pay attention. Because the devil uses particular things to get into our life, to overwhelm us, and to get us weak. To get us where we get to a point where we just feel like we have no ability to change what's going on in our life. And uh, we're, many people are overwhelmed with marriage problems, financial issues, relationship challenges, work struggles, grief, depression, Disappointment, discouragement, dread, uh, bullies. You ever had a bully in your life? Uh, bad news, sickness, fear of all kinds. Fear of the outcome of this election. <laughs> Was I the only one who had a laugh? Okay. <laughs> the fear of the outcome of these elections. The coronavirus, death, stress of all kinds, school, kids' activities, Bills, cleaning house, washing clothes, cooking meals, life stories, and the list goes on, or storms, life storms, and the list goes on and on and on where we just feel overwhelmed. And many people, many people are just marching through life, just marching through life, marching, 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 and they've left their soul way behind. They're trying to, they're trying to do what God wants them to do or... Uh, trying to accomplish things in their life and their soul is is deprived from the presence of God. It's deprived from the things of God. It's deprived from the very thing that gives you strength and it gives you the ability to press on and, and get you forward. How many of you are marching, marching, marching with all these things that I listed and your soul's way back there? It's suffering. It's dehydrated or whatever. How many of you talk, know what I'm talking about? So I want to I want to talk to you today about how to ungrinch your Christmas. 
To ungrinch your Christmas, number one, the first thing that you need to do is you need to ungrinch your imagination. And I thought about the Grinch. One of the things that caused his heart to be hardened, or the Bible, um, the Bible, the, the movie says, not the Bible, but the movie says that his heart was three sizes too small. And one of the reasons why his heart shrunk is because of his imagination. He kept going back to that negative time in his life when he was a young kid, when he felt alone, he felt rejected like there was nobody around. And I, I, can, I can understand that. And I'll talk about that hopefully in just a moment. But I'm going to tell you, your imagination is powerful. You need to use your imagination for, for what God has intended it for. And that's for hope that's for giving you an expected future, not for the things that you dread, not the things that you fear, not the things that, uh, that are negative in life. Too often, that's what we use our, imagine, our imagination for, is for negative things. And let me tell you something, you've got to be intentional in your life. You have to have discipline in your life to think the way that you need to think. And, and if you're not, what's going to happen, you default back to negative. And if you go negative, you get negative. And if you get negative, life is miserable. And that's where a lot of people are. They're just like the Grinch. He was miserable. Miserable. A matter of fact, his dog Max had a hard time being with him. And, 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 and so <laughs> you might be one of those miserable people where you're just kicking your own dog and they haven't even done anything. And so focus... You need to focus your imagination on, on what God says that it needs to be used for. Otherwise, negative images will come in and cause you to be overwhelmed. Life, we all have to deal with life. Nobody's exempt from it. Every one of us have to deal with the things that I talked about earlier. You've got to deal with it. And what helps you to enjoy life, give you that joyous life that Jesus came to give you, is using your imagination and start envisioning your life as God sees it, enjoying life. See, your perspective determines your reality. How you perceive things is your reality, whether it's real or not. And too often, people see their lives as being miserable because that's how they envision it. I see my life as being joyous. I haven't always been there. I'm going to be honest. It's been a struggle. But regardless of your age, young or old, we all need to use our imagination for the very thing that God intended for us to use it for. Uh, Jeremy Grace, he texted me this yesterday, and it's a quote by Henry Longfellow, and it says, fears, I, I love this quote, it says, fears uh, are, are terrors to our imagination. They're terrors, is that right? Fears are terrors. Traitors, traitors, I'm sorry. Fears are traitors to our imagination. And let me tell you, it will go in and it will deceive, it will, uh, it will come against you, and you got to watch it. Fears are traitors uh, to your imagination. They make us lose the good that we often would obtain by fearing to attempt. I love that, I love that. Hebrews 11.1, 1, just really quickly, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. That word hope also means imagination. Faith is the substance of things that we imagine. It gives substance to those things. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the new, uh, 
the, the Passion Translation says it this way, now faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith brings our imagination, if you will, into reality. How you imagine things is what will actually become real to you, yes. whether negative or positive. And if you want to ungrinch your Christmas, you need to start seeing your life differently. Amen. And it starts in here. And we've been on a series uh, uh, on Sunday mornings where we've been using the scripture that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You'll never prove out God's will until you transform the way you see things in your mind. You've got to change if you want to ungrinch your, your, your life. And so I love that. You know, my grandchildren, they <laughs> my grandchildren, they're growing. Where are they? Scattered? Okay. There's two of them. Where's my other one? Hey, baby. And uh, can, can, can you come here? Can, can you come and see Poppy? Will you want, you want to come and see Poppy? Oh, she is? No, she's not wanting to. Okay, all right. Stage fright. So anyway, my grandchildren love my grandchildren. If you haven't heard that, you've, you're hearing it this morning. Love my grandchildren. Uh, but every year we ask them, what do you want? What do you want? So they give us this list. They give, you, they give us this list, and with that list, they envision themselves having it and knowing that probably they're going to get whatever they ask <laughs> unless it's not available. And then we come back and say, it's not available, and so they'll give us something else. And so they have this expectation. They're not envisioning us just giving them something that they don't want. Although I remember one time giving my grandson, or my wife and I giving our grandson something for a Christmas present, and his countenance dropped. <laughs> and it's like, uh, he didn't, it wasn't what he was expecting. It wasn't what he was envisioning. And, and so we need, to, we need to make sure that we're envisioning what God wants us to envision. And so, uh, and, and also hope is a, a confident expectation. And uh, that's what our, our imagination ought to be. <laughs> It ought to be creating a confident expectation of what God wants to do in our life. And I'm not making light of what you've gone through. Some of you have lost loved ones. You've lost people. There's things that have happened in your life. But don't let that be something that comes in and steals all of your life or any of your life. Make sure that you're uh, protecting your life. So first thing is that we need to ungrinch our vision, um, our imagination. Secondly, ungrinch your voice. Watch what you're speaking. Uh, the Grinch always was always voicing out his negative feelings, uh, the things that he was overwhelmed with concerning Christmas. And if you do that, it will begin to control your life. Your, life. your words dictate the direction of your life. And so you've got to watch your you've got to watch your words. Second Peter chapter one verse nineteen out of the Passion, it says, "And so we have been given uh, uh, the prophetic word, the written message of the prophets, made more reliable and fully validated by the confirming voice of God on the Mount of Transfig Transfiguration." 
And you will continue to do well if you stay focused on it. Say it let me say it again. You will do well if you stay focused on it. And, uh, you know, the Bible says we have a, uh, uh, another translation says that we have a sure, a more sure word of prophecy. So we need to be stayed focused on it. For this prophetic message is like a piercing light shining in a gloomy place into the dawning of a new day when the morning star rises in your hearts. And so, it, it, in other words, it doesn't matter what's going on in life. If you'll have this prophetic word coming out of your mouth, receive it into your life and have it coming out of your mouth, it's going to make your light and your life brighter. It's going to make your days brighter. Can you see that? And so we have that. Sh I, I wrote this down. I wrote this down. It says, here's what I wrote down. Be the prophet over your own life. Prophes prophesy your own future. God will speak to you about you. And if you will listen to God, he's going to speak to you about you so that you can prophesy it over your own life so that you can have the life that God intended for you to have. Amen. Every one of us are to have a joyous life. He said it was meant for all. He came that we might all have life and have it more abundantly. Not just a select few. Not just those that are uh, adults, but I'm talking about all ages. Young or old, God wants us to... He wants us to have that life. And I figured out a long time ago, you're either fighting for something or you're fighting against something with your words. I see a lot of people, I counsel people all the time in marriages, and, and people are using their words to fight. And instead of fighting for their marriage with their words, they're fighting against their marriage. You know, we ought to, I wrote this down, if you fight more for your marriage, you will fight less in your marriage. That's right. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you'll fight more for your life, then you'll fight less in your life. And so you need to be fighting more for your life by the words that you speak. In, be intentional about the words that you're speaking over your life. God has good for you. And listen, once again, we all go through stuff. We all can feel overwhelmed by the things that are going on. And, and if, if we don't watch it, we'll grow up as the Grinch did, and live this life of, of misery as he did. And, uh, and then missing out on the best things in life. By the way, if you haven't noticed, life is short. It's very short. And, and times are getting crazy. And, and, you know, there could be the rapture of church pretty soon. It could be. Just saying. And, and uh, it's, that means it's really going to get shorter here on this earth. And we just need to be enjoying life day by day, every day, enjoying it. And how do you do that? By one of the things that you need to do is you need to voice out, prophetic, be a prophetic voice over your own life, over your family, over your business, over your, where you're employed or wherever. Just be that voice. Thirdly, let me give you this last thing. Ungrinch your heart. Remember his heart was big. I mean, it was small, and then at the end it, it got big, and he was able to love and feel and enjoy and that type of thing. We have to ungrinch our heart. Psalm 61, verse 1, 2, and 3, it says, Hear, hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. For the end of the earth, for the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is overwhelmed and weak. Again, your heart can be overwhelmed and weak. We need to make sure that we ungrinch our heart. 
Psalm 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart trusted in him. I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoices and my, and my song I will, I will sing praise to him. When your heart is where it needs to be, guess what's going to come out of your life? Praise. Praise is going to come out. Not negative, not complaining, not murmuring. Praise is going to come out of your heart, out of your heart, out of your mouth. And so today I want you to do an examination. What's coming out of your mouth? Is it praise? If it's not, if it's always complaining, it's always something negative, it's always looking at something and, and instead of seeing it, uh, the glass half full, you see it half empty. There's always leaning to the negative then chances are you've allowed something to get in your heart that has affected it in a negative way. The Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. And I close with this. I close with this. In Isaiah 2 scriptures, Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Don't look at anything, any situation, as being hopeless. Because with God, you are the majority. God makes up the difference in your life. You know, it doesn't matter what fear you face what struggle you're facing in life, what, what you're overwhelmed with today, he wants to be your help. You need to let him in your heart. You need to let him have control of your heart in your life. Listen, if you're making decisions today that you know are contrary to God's will in your life, and there are things that you're compromising in your life and you know it, then he doesn't have all of your heart. If you're rebelling against him today and you know it, and there's something that you're practicing in your life, and you know that you know that you know that it's not God's will for your life, God doesn't have all of your heart. Because when God has your heart, he'll steer your life. Your heart is the steering wheel to your life. He guides you and leads you and directs you through your heart. And so you need to... You need to do a self-examination. And listen, for some of you, it may be something drastic that you need to change in your life. But where it starts is this. Don't change what's going on in your life. You change your heart. And you say, God, I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm giving everything to you right now because without you, I can't accomplish it. I give it to you and let him steer you through it in those changes that you need to make in your life. Again, I'd say if you're doing things in your life that you know that that you know that aren't uh, God's will in your life, he doesn't have all of your heart. Does that make sense? And in Psalm 121 verse 2 and 3 it says, "My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you be defeated. He who guards you never sleeps. He's always there." ready to help, poised to help, wants to help. Whether you're young or old, he wants to do that for you. Would you bow your heads? Let me pray for you.